Hi, welcome to the Happy in Medicine podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Christina Arnold. I'm an expert certified coach and a physician mom. I help women physicians go from burnout to happy in medicine. Let's get started. Today we go behind the scenes to answer your questions submitted to me via email. Behind the scenes is so much fun because it allows you to peek behind the curtain and see what other people are struggling with to watch their coaching and then apply it for yourself if you want to. Sort of like sitting in someone else's coaching session or someone's therapy session and just from a very safe place seeing what is here for me. And you might have some of these questions too. Here's a snapshot of what we're going to be covering today. Comment. These are really, it turns out, the most common questions I'm always getting. So it's very likely you may have had these questions too. The first is coaching versus therapy. How are they similar? How are they different? When do I need a coach? When do I need a therapist? Another big topic was how do I get my brain to stop thinking? It is constantly spinning. I'm so distressed. I'm on the beach. 3 a.m., no matter what, I am constantly thinking about work. I need to figure out how to stop checking email. Even when I'm on vacation, I'm like kind of tied to my phone. So you'll see me. This is a real, this is probably the number one topic people bring, come in to coaching for is how to still their brain. Because here's the greatest news you totally can. You're going to see that the fear of missing out really drives a lot of human interactions. And I'm going to coach on how that's okay, how it's normal, where it comes from, and why we might want to consider something else and what that something else might look look like. We have a person who asked a question about how to move past burnout. And I cover it in a way I've never covered on the the podcast before. It's going to be a very special message. And it is actually, I think, the best place to start if you're also wondering, like, how do I get past this? How do I get past the judgment? How do I stop hating my mother-in-law? How do I get out of burnout? It's all really the same question. How do I stop being frustrated with my kids? How do I stop hating my boss? Like, it's really all the same question. And the coaching is so powerful. It's the exact opposite most humans are thinking. And that's a good thing because the way I present can bring so much peace and relief. I talked to you about how to make big changes by taking really tiny, itty bitty steps. No one else in the world might see you're taking steps, but it will create an instant win today. Like the same day you listen to this podcast, you can create a win. It is the most magical, special, precious thing. So if you love this Q&A recording, we have have done another one. So you can check in the podcast and see a little bit more. Also, I want you to know this Q&A session is also a glimpse of what it is like to coach with me. So if you kind of like this, this feels good, you feel better afterwards, consider this is the work we do every day in my program. There are, if you join today, hundreds of group calls you can listen to. There are actually, there's an audio version and a video version. It's like watching a movie and there's just so much powerful content. You can sit right down today, get access to all of it and start healing from your own journey. Also, as soon as you sign up, you can schedule one-on-one with me. Our next group call is just a couple of days away. You're gonna, All my clients are going to be the first to hear about Fiji. Fiji is where we're doing our coaching retreat this year, and that will go to the clients first. So you'll be able to have priority access to everything once you become a client, and you can become a client at yourpathandfocus.com. To never miss a free workshop, to have access to all of the latest news about Fiji or 
the latest offering or freebie or bonus, make sure you've entered your email at yourpathandfocus.com slash email. Enjoy the show. The first thing is, is coaching the same thing as counseling? This is such a great question, anonymous uh, attendee. I get this a lot. This is a really very useful question. I would say coaching and counseling are very different. And as someone who's been in therapy for decades and coaching for several years, I'll tell you my experience. Both are helpful. And here's what I tell people. I said, listen, if you're going to lose weight, you're not just going to stop snacking. You're going to up your water intake. You're going to optimize your sleep. You're going to get to the gym. You're going to eat more veggies. You're going to lower your salt intake. You might talk to your doctor about other modalities that are available. You might start meditating. You are going to do multiple modalities when you're trying to lose weight because all of them complement each other. It's the same thing for mental health. We wouldn't want to just do one thing, like read one self-help book. We would might want to listen to podcasts, read a book, go on a retreat that works about mental health, go on a wellness luncheon at work, hire a coach, have a counselor, right? We would, we would put lots of different compartments together to help build mental health. So it, it, these are not competing interests. They're different modalities. So how is coaching different than counseling? I would say what I love about coaching from someone who's been in therapy a long time. And by the way, I'm not, this is not a diss on therapy. I love that coaching is not a disease model. So coaching is based on the premise that the client is 100% whole, is 100% perfect. Like not in a bad, not like perfectionistic way, but like that person is a whole person. There's nothing wrong with them. And me as a coach is just trying to help them connect back with themselves and figure out what is it that we're looking at their judgments. What is it that they want? How do we get closer to that? How do we help them have less disconnections in their life, less judgments against themselves, less painful, less pain and shame in their life? So it's not a disease model. It's very much about where are you now and forward thinking. Where do you want to go and how do we get there? So it's very much in how are you feeling right now? Where do you want to be? And how do we make that path an effortless path for you? Therapy is a different modality and it is very useful. Therapy is a disease model. So there are going to be diagnoses. This person has depression. This person has anxiety. This person has a personality disorder. There are diagnoses and there's often quite a look at the past, which can be useful if you're healing traumas from your childhood. It can be very useful to look at your relationships with your parents and family systems. So useful, but coaching will not do that. So we will not probably ever in a coaching session say, how was your relationship with your mother from 30 years ago, right? my mom 30 years i want to talk about now and moving forward so they're very different neither is bad they work really well together coaching is more present focused more health focused more forward thinking focused all right i find myself always checking my work email on time on my time off and days off yeah you know what this is a really common question i'll say one of the most common questions i get is how do i get my brain to stop my brain is always thinking. And I will want to let you know that you actually can find stillness in your life. It is possible to stop your brain. And I think coaching is a really useful tool. 
without, t- if you want to raise your hand, we can talk about it. But if, if you don't, and I'm sure everyone in the room has this, this is the most common question I always get. Can I get my brain to stop thinking, especially at 3 a.m.? right? We want to create stillness in our lives. You for sure can. Coaching is a really beautiful way to do it. Here's what what a coaching session would look like. I'm just going to probably make some guesses here. What happens, why our brain is always thinking, same reason why our brain is always judging. It's designed to look for danger. Think about it. Our cave person ancestors on the African savanna, there were lions and tigers, or maybe just lions. There were hyenas, there were predators. Our brain, those cave people who lived longer, they were able to scan the environment and constantly seek out danger and keep themselves safe. Those who were able to persist, those who survived longer, were the ones who were constantly vigilant. And so we have inherited those skills of our brain is constantly looking for danger. The problem is today we don't have lions and tigers in the hospital, not really. But our brain is constantly looking for danger, and so is yours. So when you say I'm constantly checking email, it's because your brain is constantly probably looking for problems to solve. And I would, this is in a coaching session, I would probably ask you, like, what exactly, what is the thought you're having that's having you do this? But I've coached so many people that generally is I might miss something. There might be an emergency. There might be something dangerous. Maybe someone needs me. Maybe if I don't answer it, my boss is going to think I'm lazy. There might be a real clinical emergency here, so I always have to keep checking. And that mindset is what drives the brain always spinning. So in a coach, and you might be saying, listen, Dr. Arnold, that's true. (laughs) You might be saying that. But as long as you think that's 100% true, you will never stop your brain from spinning. At 3 a.m., your brain will say, oh my gosh, there's an emergency. We should check. And every time you check, that neural pathway that drives that urgency of someone might be dying has you checking the email over and over and over, even when you're not on call, even when you're on vacation. So the coaching work here can be really powerful. And it's going to be walking through the scenarios. So I'll take you through some coaching sessions I've had in the past. I was working with a pathologist who had the same thing. I said, okay, let's just say there was a critical lab. It came to your email and you didn't answer it. What's going to happen? She said, well, the person's going to die. Maybe. And as long as you always think that, you will always check your email all of the time. If, if it's a possibility someone's going to die. But what if we could consider the people we work for, the lab, our patients, our colleagues who are on call are super resourceful? What then? And then she said, well, for the person on call, super resourceful, then they might notice this and they might reach out. The parent who's got the kid might take the kid to the ER. When we start looking at our people around us a little more resourceful, we can start loosening the spin. How another question I would ask you, and I asked the this is just a very common coaching scenario. How is it useful for you not to check your email 24-7 for the lab? And think about that. You can even answer if you want to. But when you check your email 24-7, even when you're on vacation, and let's say you're a senior leader, you're sending emails off at 3 a.m. Sunday morning. As a as a junior colleague, I did receive these emails at 3 a.m. There's a message that goes out there, right? The message is if I'm the senior and I'm sending you an email in the middle of the night, you should be, you better be awake in the middle of the night. It sends a message of like nobody can take time off. And is that a message we really want to send? 
Also, if we're constantly checking email and responding, we don't give the lab a chance to be independent thinkers. We don't build thinkers and problem solvers. We build people who page us all the time because they can't think on their own. And so there are some useful benefits of considering if you're someone who you're, you're describing like you don't want to be on your email all the time. There are some useful benefits of thinking why it might serve you to not be on your email all the time. We can look at, if you're a physician, like how does it affect you as a physician if you are constantly on your email, you're not sleeping, you're, you think of this over the chronic, over decades, if you're not taking care of yourself, how does that affect who you show up in the hospital as a leader? For most people who require, who want an uninterrupted sleep, not being able to sleep, not being able to focus with their family, not being able to have downtime, doesn't make them better doctors. For most people over the long run, it makes them burnt out individuals who sometimes wind up being very frustrated, resentful, sometimes even hating their jobs. Sometimes, and we have lots of data on this, making critical medical errors. There is usefulness in knowing how to slow your brain down. For all of the reasons I just said, there's usefulness. It will require you to think differently though. It will require you, and this is during coaching, we would have to work this out together. But for most people, the idea is I'm a better doctor when I take time off. I contribute to a healthier medical workplace when I'm not answering emails at 3 a.m. I will be in medicine longer and contribute more if I set an example to everyone that my family and my health is a priority. I want to build future leaders in medicine, not people who aren't capable of thinking. Thinking differently will have you feeling differently, and feeling differently will have you acting differently, and that's what will create the result you want. I always used to love checking out from work, but now I just can't stop checking. It's because of how you're thinking, and I don't, it's not, this is not to blame you. I think medicine really does teach, like medicine in general, at least I'll just say for the United States, I, I'm not as aware of the culture of medicine outside of the United States, but we take an oath when we graduate medical school. It's very serious. Like the messaging we get from the world is that nothing is more important than our patients. The idea is we just have to keep sacrificing and working harder and harder and harder. So you're not wrong that you have these thoughts. And we want to like look at the trajectory. These thoughts, what trajectory do they have you on? If you can't connect with your family or yourself over decades, that's going to damage your health and that will not serve you as a doctor. I check after I read the news online. I want to stop. Then I write the fear of missing out is, is what FOMO is. And we want to consider what's driving our life because the energy that drives it is the energy you will create at the end. If fear is driving your life, by the time you do the task, you will just have more fear, not less. So this is for everyone in the room. We want to really be careful about what energy is driving our life. Is it pressure? Is it urgency? Is it fear? Whatever's driving us to act, at the end of that action, we'll just have more pressure, urgency, and fear. So you really want to be in coaching is to de develop that awareness is what is driving my life right now? What am I creating more of? This is the example. If someone says, oh my gosh, I might be missing something. They go check their phone. Just imagine what, how do you feel after you put the phone down? Do you feel relieved forever? You're like, I'm never going to check my phone. Oh, you say, I got to check my phone again. I got to refresh. Maybe something else is happening. And so that fear just gets, it's a little bit like, a dopamine loop 
for they they have shown that people their interaction with their phone is very similar to drug abusers like it lights up the same part of the brain it gives that dopamine hit when you are f- afraid and you check the phone you just create that habit loops get stronger and stronger there's nothing wrong with you and it can be broken so we want to pay attention to fear of missing out fears driving this do we want to be creating more fear in their life what is the alternative i would ask you if you were here on on the screen i'd ask okay so let's just imagine a scenario where you miss out on something what are you afraid of missing out on you can enter that if you want um someone something i was just coaching someone on she was like well what if my boss sends me an email that he needs a response to about a book chapter and i miss it well you really want to answer that question so if you miss that email, what's going to happen? The reality is if it's important, the boss will re-email you. The boss will call you. The boss will walk down to your office. It's possible you can be a good doctor and not be changed your email. Want to be opening up to the possibility, finding alternatives where fear does not have to be driving your life. All right, so let me know what you're thinking about this. We can add more to it. This is just, these are all the most common questions in coaching, so I'm so glad you sent this. I'm a pathologist. There is nothing majorly urgent on my work email. Yeah, so what you're saying is you understand there's some part of your brain that's like there's something not not urgent here, but part of your brain believes that there is, and that's the part of their brain that's driving you to check your email all the time. So the work in coaching, it sounds like a big thing to change how your brain thinks. It really isn't. It's one thought, and then maybe two or or then we just kind of work on a series of thoughts, but it's going to be addressing that you're not going to miss out on anything important. And also, I guess I would say, I would, I want to add this too. You're also always missing out. That's the truth right? You cannot be in Denver, Colorado, skiing on a mountain and also in Fiji on the beach, right? You're going to have to pick. You can't be in two places at once. And that's sort of not even a problem. We just tell ourselves, this is what we picked. We're always going to miss out on something. I'm going to pick what I want to miss out on purpose. So let's say you're having a dinner and your brain wants to check because it's afraid it's missing out. You get to, you get to say, listen, what do I want to miss out on right now? Family dinner? Or the email, I get to pick. I'm always missing out on something. Nothing is new about this. This is the way of life. I get to pick what I want to miss out on, when I want to miss out on it. And does that feel so much more empowering? I'm afraid I'm going to get in trouble. I'm afraid someone's going to die. I'm afraid I'm going to miss out. I'm always missing out. I get to pick when and where I'm in control of my schedule. Those are the thoughts I would offer you. Let me know what you think about that. Anonymous attendee says... I'm feeling very burnt out and I have lost my enthusiasm for work and research, which I used to love. I sadly have to keep working. How do I move past it? So I want to say to anonymous attendee that you are not alone. I think you are probably the predominant voice in medicine. And why I say that is when I was in the depths of burnout, I thought, oh my gosh, I did it all wrong. I used to love pathology and now I'm hating it. I must have I must have made the wrong choices. I picked the wrong jobs. I picked the wrong boss. I really went in and blamed myself for everything. And I really thought I was the only one. And it was so much of a relief to realize in some ways, I'm for sure not the only one. That many healthcare workers are burnt out, especially since the pandemic. You are not alone. This is a very common place to be. And yes, I can give you some tips. 
how do I move past it is a really interesting comment you have, which for everyone on the, on the line, you might not have heard that. How do I move past it? You might be like, oh, that's a normal thing, right? And it is, but there's this inherent wanting to be someone different than you are. And the coaching work is to be accepting of who you are in this moment, which is I am burnt out right now. I'm really struggling with my job right now. Of course I am. Most people are. I haven't done anything wrong. I'm going to be right here with myself every step of the way for as long as it takes, no matter what. It's a very important concept I, I teach my clients. I am going to be here fighting for myself, no matter what, for as long as it takes. Which means the part of you is like, I want to move past. We want to slow that way down because there's a part of your soul and brain that's not ready to move past right now. And so the coaching work here is to make peace for where you are. Of course you feel this way. We're going to meet you right here. So that's part of the work. Doesn't mean you're going to be there forever. Here's the ironic thing. As soon as you make peace with where you are, you will leave. You will be moving past it. But as long as you're saying, I have to move past this. This is taking too long. I should be further ahead. I shouldn't be feeling this way. Notice what all that is, is heavy layers of shame and judgment and wrong. And I'm not who I want to be. And I want to be someone different. And all of that is so painful that it will be the fuel to the burnout. So we want to just start with this place of I'm here. I'm burned out. So are most physicians. I didn't do anything wrong. I will be here as long as I am. And I'm willing to help myself every step of the way as part of the work. And ironically, as soon as you make peace with it, you will move forward. It's just the most fascinating thing. So humans often do the opposite thing. And of course, we we don't get where we're going. So we're like, I got to get out of here. And of course, that just traps you in it versus I'm going to make peace with this as long as I'm here. Going to make peace with it. Um, couple two things I want to make note of is, and for everyone, I mean, I I have been kind of lighthearted about a lot of things because coaching can be fun and lighthearted, even when we're talking about serious things. It doesn't have to be doom and gloom and, and heaviness. Like finding levity and humor can be so healing, right? It feels good to laugh. It gets rid of a lot of our energy and angst. Um, but I do want to say that coaching does bring in very vulnerable topics, very, very like this, like this share about having severe burnout. And so I want to say with so much, so much gravity that if anyone on this call ever thinks of harming themselves, killing themselves, hurting themselves or others, there are emergency resources available wherever you are in the world and you want to make use of them. 911 is the United States. I know there's another number for Australia. And and your emergency health centers and your ho local hospital and your local, wherever you practice your religion, your spiritual center, make use of them. If you ever have those thoughts, it is so worth it to just partner with a professional. One more thing for the person who said she's uh, he or she's very anonymous, I mean, very burned out, is that here's what I love. I think it's episode eight of my podcast, Happy in Medicine. It's totally free. You can get available now. I believe it's episode eight. It's one of my most popular downloads, and here it is. I'm going to give you the lesson right here. You don't have to listen to it. If you want to, you can. Shoot for 1% wins. Shoot for 1% wins. 
When we're in severe burnout, when we're feeling stuck, when we're feeling like we're just not sure where a path is forward, it's very common for the brain to be like, I don't want to do anything unless it gets me out of this mess. Like it needs to be a massive transformation. And when we wait for a massive transformation, we often wind up just staying stuck longer. So how I like to help my clients in this position is shoot for a 1% win. 1% win is so small. The brain's like, yeah, I can do that. I can do that. And it sounds small. It has a massive impact on your life. I'm not sure I'm actually doing a presentation on this. Have you read Atomic Habits by James Clear? Adam Grant, I'm not sure if you know him. He said it's one of the best self-help books in the last 10 years. And he talks about the concept of atoms are really tiny, right? They're so small. Atoms are so small and they're so powerful. Do not underestimate the importance of a 1% win. A 1% win is everything. Here's why. Because your brain is more likely to say, yeah, I can do that. 1% win, that's almost nothing. I can't even see it. I can't even see like that would be effort. Doesn't even sound hard. I'm in. And once your brain is in, you're off to the races. Plus, a 1% win will guarantee you could have a win tonight. And I'll give you some examples of 1% wins. You guys can add, add them into or share what are 1% wins in your life. I'll give you some examples. You'll start seeing results today. A 1% win will give you a result today. If you're looking for a 100% win, that might take a few months. You're feeling very burnt out. We want to be creating and stacking wins in your favor. Because as soon as you do, that 1% win becomes a 10% win, becomes a 30% win. And before you know it, you're like, wow, I love my job again. I don't feel burnt out at all again. I feel so in love with what I'm doing again. I feel so alive. It starts with a 1% win. So 1% win, what are examples of that? You can put them in the chat if you like. I'll give you some examples. I'll remember right before I retired was a difficult time for Christina Arnold. <laughs> difficult time, difficult time for Christina Arnold. So I was desperate for 1% wins. And so sometimes 1% wins, I, I brought my favorite drink loaded with my favorite ice. I love that ice. It's super... I don't even know how to describe it, but it's not an ice cube. It's like a little tiny golden nugget. They're just really small. You can get them at some convenience stores. When I was having a really hard time at work, having that little ice was a 1% win for me. It helped me stay hydrated. It helped me feel like I was caring for myself. It was the thing that made everything else a little doable. 1% win, listening to a podcast while you're signing out or music that you love while you're signing out. Wearing your favorite socks is a 1% win. Taking a walk around the property at lunchtime to get your, get your blood moving, to get out there, to get some fresh air, to get some sunlight, to get some vitamin D. Those are 1% wins. You want to find ways for you to build 1% wins because 1% wins are actually massive. Our habits compound over time. So if you just start, start with these little tiny wins, they will create massive wins for you. By the end of, if you do 1% win today, 365 days from now, you'll be 37 times better than you are right now. You'll feel 37 times better. If you take a, a plane from LA, the pilot adjusts the path of the nose 3.5 degrees. It's like eight feet. Just goes, can't even see the difference when you're on on the airport. She adjusts the nose 3.5 degrees. Instead of getting to New York City, she lands in DC. That's 300 miles away. 
300 miles away with a three degree change. That's massive. Point is, when you're feeling severe burnout, you want to look for these small 1% wins. They're everything. They'll have compound results. If you loved this special Q&A session, know that there's so much more available. When you join us at yourpathandfocus.com, you get access to all of our group calls that we've ever had. You'll be on the next group call just a few days away. You can book your one-on-one private session with me right now, and you'll be the first to hear about Fiji because clients are always the first to hear about anything trip-related. Any big news goes to the clients first. You want to make sure you never miss a podcast, you never miss a free workshop or any news, make sure you've entered your email at yourpathandfocus.com slash email. I want to thank those of you listeners who listen all the way to the end. And I wanted to ask you for a little favor. Do you mind subscribing and leaving a five-star review with a comment on iTunes? It helps the algorithm broadcast our podcast to more people just like you so that we can have more people with these tools feeling better right now. This is how we make the world a safer, better place. I would appreciate that so much. Take care, everyone. Have a great week. Bye. Bye.